Hey there, welcome to the Creative Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, John Spencer. I'm a former middle school teacher, current college professor, and I am passionate about seeing teachers transform their classrooms into bastions of creativity and wonder. And so on this podcast, I share ideas and strategies. I talk about things that work for me, but also those big epic fails that I've made along the way. I interview experts, which is what I am doing here today. All because I believe that teachers play a profound role in helping students reach their creative potential. And today our guest is Sam Marsden. She has a phenomenal new book. I'll just tell you about it a little bit. It's called Acting Games for Improv. What I love about this book is it is simple, it is easy to read, it is accessible, it is the perfect book for the busy teacher. It is um, priced well. I'm just going to say that right now. I, I can say that right. It's um, definitely affordable. Um, and it's the kind of book that you can actually use in your classroom. And I'm a huge fan of this idea of using um, theater exercises, drama exercises, uh, improv exercises to help students gain creative confidence, to help them boost their creative thinking. It's a great way to learn pivoting and, and, and um the mindset of iterative thinking. It's also great to help students reach their creative potential. And so a little bit about Sam, she um, is an accomplished author. She has a lot of experience. Um, she's done a lot of work on um, you know, drama teaching, teaching resources. She's done fiction. Um, please check out her uh, bio in the show notes here because it is amazing in terms of the things that she has accomplished. And most importantly, she has real world experience both in teaching and in theater. And I think she's written something that is highly accessible that you are absolutely going to love. In fact, I enjoyed this book so much that I wrote the foreword on her next book about improv exercises. So without further ado, here... All right, we have with us here Sam Marston, and um, she's going to be talking about this idea of improv acting games, how we integrate that into the classroom. And I would love to hear from you a little bit about your background, your your story, how you got into um, education, into acting. Um, just tell us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for having me, John. Um, yeah, I've been doing acting ever since I was about five years old. Uh, my parents were not very keen, but I like forced them because <laughs> uh, I went to this beautiful little drama group um, from a young age. And it was such a lovely place where we created scenes and we created things together. And then, yeah, right from five years old for a very long time, I've been doing drama, uh, youth theatres and after school drama clubs. And I got my first teaching gig when I was 17 years old. So really young. It was at the youth theatre I was at and the teacher was off sick for the class I was in. And the director of the youth theatre said, Sam, you take the class. And I was like, what? I'm just a student. Anyway, and I taught the class and absolutely loved it and then ended up going to study it and study drama education at drama school. And I've been teaching for about 20 years now um, in many different settings. Mostly I've been teaching um, in London uh, and all different areas, very 
affluent areas and not so and kind of with children with special needs and teenagers from difficult families and all kinds of just a whole variety of places and weekend drama schools and so on. So when you think about your own formative experiences in drama, working around the theater, what are some of the like lifelong skills that you gained from those experiences? Yeah. So um, I often say to parents, you know, who are sending their students, it's not about, I'm not training your child necessarily to be an actor. Mm. And I think acting training can offer every child um, something. It helps with confidence because they're getting up there in front of their friends and they're speaking in front of the group and they're offering their story ideas and it helps them to trust their intuition, especially mm -hmm. with improvisation. So a lot of the improvisation work that we do, um, it has a yes, let's attitude. Mm -hmm. So you say something and then everyone's like, yeah, and then they do it and they go with it. And this can be really empowering for a student to hear, you know, their fellow students say yes to their idea. And they mm -hmm. think, wow, I just said this crazy idea. Let's all be an octopus. Mm -hmm. And all my students, everyone's just said yes. And now we're all pretending to be an octopus. So it it can, it, it's an empowering experience for people. And drama is really great for helping kids to express emotion mm -hmm. and often they're playing a character and they're expressing the emotion of that character and no one needs to know if it's actually an emotion that they're experiencing themselves personally or not and that can provide a really safe space for them to express mm -hmm. um, through another character which they may feel too shy to express otherwise yeah you know, it's interesting. I um I was thinking about this is slightly unrelated, but um I I think about a, a teacher that I got the chance to observe, and he was uh, phenomenal. Uh, in a class discussion, it would move all around. And he would actively listen rather than thinking about the next follow up question, or actively listen rather than pulling everyone into what he had planned. Um, he was really good at revising lessons on the fly, iterating, improving. Um, and he just had this relaxed calm that was, but but it was also very, I'm here, I'm, I'm in the now. Um, and I was asking, you know, as a new teacher, this is not normal, right? You're, this is, this person was in student teaching. And I said, you know, like, what, where did you learn this? And he said, well, I used to perform improv and there is this mindset of yes and and there's a put your ego at the door and listen pay attention be present in the moment and it was just all of these transferable skills that I realized oh his classroom management is so much better and you never would have guessed improv <laughs> like it was improv I was trying to think like were you a classroom aide did you get a chance to substitute like all of these things but it really came down to um, and you realize he approached life with this yes and mindset. It had become ingrained in this, well, let's treat this as an experiment. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We pivot, we change. Uh, and I'm curious, have you found that to be true that it like seeps into other areas of your life 
as well. Yeah, so this is absolutely true. And if you're going to drama school or training as a professional actor, a lot of your training will be training you how to listen mm. and how a, a good act. You said a good actor is somebody who does good listening. And very often when I'm teaching improvisation, you know, there'll be a circle exercise and everybody in the circle will contribute towards the game. And I'll say to the students, don't think about your answer. Like, don't think about what you're going to say. Just really listen to what your fellow students are saying. And then when it comes to your turn, just say whatever comes from your heart. Mm. And failure is encouraged in the improvisation room and a lot before you do any improvisation work it's really important to create a very safe space mm -hmm. so I wrote a chapter in this book about creating a safe space for students to feel like they can fail for students to feel like whatever comes out of their mouth is going to be accepted and okay mm -hmm. um and I think when they can do this in the drama classroom at school from a young age, it then means as an adult, mm -hmm. you feel more accepted as a human being. And if all of us could feel more accepted as human beings yeah. when we're adults, that would solve a lot of the world's problems. <laughs> it absolutely would. Yes, absolutely. So I think about this, um, you have this great book, Acting Games for Improv, and um, it's really accessible that was one of the things i was struck by it's uh it was easy to read in a good way um it's thought-provoking it's practical um i found myself you know reading it pretty quickly and then kind of going back and saying all right well let me let me think about how i might use this particular activity um with the adults that i teach and so one of the things i love is you know you you'll have something that says three and up <laughs> and I'm like yes but it, but up also means someone who's 24 because <laughs> I teach at the university level now like so I'm already thinking about like oh, I'm going to try this I'm going to try this and part of it for me is I have the challenge of teaching a virtual cohort they don't know each other they're they're not a community in the beginning so I look at some of this and say I want to build community I want to get them to be willing to take intellectual and creative risks, right? I want them to, like you said, learn how to listen, right? And so I'm always looking for anything that can do that, that can sort of prime them for the deep thinking that we're going to be doing. And so I'm curious for you, where do you see these types of activities fitting into a non drama non-theater classroom it was really important to me with this book to make it accessible for somebody who had never taught drama before yeah um there are plenty of acting books out there written by fantastic acting coaches that you know are wonderful and if you've studied if you're studying drama or if acting is your thing you can learn so much but I wanted to offer something that was easy for any teacher to pick up from any subject because I want to see more drama in schools uh -huh. I think drama helps kids with confidence I think it helps them with empathy I think it helps them with listening and I really think starting any class with a 10 minute drama game will bring it will break the ice it will create a safe space so my mission in life 
is to bring drama into the classroom everywhere. And that can be with any age group and even at a workplace with adults or at a university. Oh, sorry, you call it college, don't you? A college. We call it both, yeah. And it's just a beautiful way to bring people together mm-hmm. and to kind of take your coat off, you know, like yeah. and just say, okay, I'm here, we're together and we're connecting. Mm-hmm. And improvisation brings so much laughter, like, yeah. and so much joy. And it's a way to, yeah, just put a smile on people's faces. And it's, you can get to know each other really quickly mm-hmm. with these games. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that as you said that, it had me thinking about Um, There's this whole framework for psychological safety, right? And so the sense of belonging and eventually you move into a place of contributor safety. I feel like I I have a place here, but I can also contribute to something. And then challenger safety of even, I feel willing to challenge pre-existing ideas, right? And the research on psychological safety that's really interesting is laughter is both a sign of psychological safety, but also contributes to it, right? And I had that in the back of my mind as I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, this will have people laughing. And like, that I think is so critical. It's really counterintuitive, but if if students in a math class, or as you would say, maths, right? <laughs> math <Yeah>. class <laughs> across the pond. Um, but if if students learning advanced math, where they're really anxious, maybe it's algebra two, maybe it's calculus, statistics, whatever. If they engage in a five, 10 minute improv, not all the time, activity, and there's laughter and there's risk-taking, I think that leads to this flexibility of thinking and also a willingness to take risks is sort of drop some of that math anxiety that a lot of people have. Like, I think it it's not a waste of time. It's priming students for what we want, where we want them to be mentally, psychologically, emotionally, as they move into some of these other content areas. Yeah, absolutely. And it's getting them to physically do something as well. Mm. You know, and if students have been sat down for a long time, just sometimes they just need to just get up, do something for five or 10 minutes that's physical. And then that just resets them so they can sit back down and go, ah, okay. I love that. And it has been thinking. So there's a lot of times we could integrate these into a lesson, right? So I, I want us to imagine for just a moment, someone is a fourth grade teacher, right? And so they're teaching all subjects. They have kids all day long. What are some moments throughout the day when one of these activities would be helpful? Yeah. Now, in the US, we have a different, we have like year one to year six, like yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, so, fourth grade. Is that 11, 12-year-olds or no? Uh, fourth grade would be, I'm sorry, that would they would be probably 10, 10-year-olds. About 10 years old. Yes. Yes. So 10-year-olds love improvisation. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So I find that the most difficult age to teach improvisation actually is 12 to 14 year olds. Yeah. And that's 
and you have to tread very carefully um and I always give people the option to say like no thanks or pass because mm. I don't want to force anyone into anything and I find if you don't force them they actually volunteer and want to do it mm. and after like three or four tries they'll jump in and do it but yeah 10 year olds they are all just desperate and they love it <laughs> um oh no I forgot on the question so if yes um, so when would we integrate it throughout the day yeah yeah I mean if I had a well, I mean if it was up to me I'd teach them drama all day for seven <laughs> hours <laughs> but what are some critical um, moments like when, when you know if a teacher says I'm busy my schedule's packed what are some small moments that you could see like oh that might work right there that might work like one of the things that, that popped in my head is like this would be a great transition activity right we're moving yeah. from science to language arts and kids are going to drag their feet they're going to be still thinking about what they just did this to me says oh my gosh they're getting up, they're getting active, they're mentally engaged, they're physically engaged. And it sort of like cleans the slate a little bit from one subject to the other. Like, so a transition time, I think that's one of the perfect brain breaks, right? Like one of those transition moments. Yeah, absolutely. And the beauty is, I mean, most of the games, it says, you know, length of time. And mm -hmm. I've normally put something like five to 20 minutes. Uh -huh. um, because you can you can play some of them for five minutes if you want to. You can literally just get everybody stood in a circle. Mm -hmm. A lot of the games are circle games. Mm -hmm. um, you can be sat in a circle or stood in a circle. Although some of them it is possible to do it from your desk um, mm -hmm. and have like three or four students coming up to the front of the class and mm -hmm. doing some of the activities. Um, but yeah, it's perfect to do. And like after a, a break, do you call it recess? After like yeah, a well, we break. Yeah, we call both, yeah. <laughs> recess <laughs> is usually, usually the default term, yeah. Yeah, it, once everybody's come back from that and it can be a really great way just to pump some positivity into the afternoon and get the kids wanting to come back after lunchtime and it, yeah. Like, yeah, it's absolutely. a very popular subject. I love being a drama teacher because uh -huh. everybody's always very excited to see you. <laughs> yes. And the amount of, because I just, I freelance. So I go kind of all around to different places. And, you know, normally in the UK, they'll get one hour of drama a week. And the amount of kids that will say to me, this is my favorite hour of the week. <laughs> So it it does make you popular teaching drama because it's a subject they enjoy. And, you know, when you start about half the class, if it's not a drama class, if you're just going into kind of a school or a mainstream, mm -hmm. about half of them will be nervous and like kind of like, like, I don't want to do this. It sounds too scary or I'm not good at acting or they might feel shy. Um, and that's where creating a safe space comes in and you talk about how it's not necessarily about being a great actor. It's about connection and listening to one another and having some fun and sharing ideas. Mm. And I'm not going to force you or put you on the spot to suddenly do some wonderful monologue. And as soon as they realize that you're not going to force them into anything or put them onto the spot, they kind of take a deep breath and go, oh, okay, phew. And, you know, you start with, some of the more confident students sharing their work and people find it's funny and then 
you come back a week later and some more people have thought, okay, I'm going to share this week. And then they share and then you come back the following week. And I normally find by week four, everybody's sharing, everybody's joining in. And it's the students who didn't join in, you know, on week one or two that normally end up getting the most from the class. And I've seen students like that transform in other areas of their lives. And it's the ones that are shy or the ones that are afraid to let go or afraid to talk. Once they get into the improvisation and you've done five or six sessions with them and they start to trust themselves. Yeah. You see it and you see the moment they start to trust themselves and then they join in more and more and they do more and more things. And then you start getting other teachers or parents coming to you and they say, whoa, like blah, blah, is what I'll call them, (laughs) has really changed, is starting to change. Like he's starting to contribute more in other subjects or he's starting to talk more at home or he's starting to make more friends. And I'm not exaggerating when I say I have had hundreds of stories like this over the years. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just the best feeling in the world when someone like that and they're never going to be an actor you know yeah. but they've learned to talk in a group or with other people and there are so many students I don't know about the US but in the UK who just they don't have much confidence they don't have much self-esteem they feel like they're not being seen or heard anywhere in their life Mm -hmm. and then they suddenly feel seen and heard in the drama class yeah and something changes in them it's really interesting as you talk about that those changes in who they become i'm struck by so many of the elements that you've brought up the confidence the, the sense of finding your own voice, right? The risk-taking, the um, ability to listen, the, the empathy. We're living in this time of chaos, of massive change, um, where students will need to be adaptable. They'll need to be empathetic. And in a world, honestly, of machine learning and AI, these are all of those vital human skills that a machine can't do, right? And so it would seem that if you're a teacher of any subjects, right, these are the things that you want to prepare the students for in the future, right? The, the, these skills, like you said, they may, they may not become a trained actor, but um, these are the skills that will allow them to thrive in life in a world that's so unpredictable. Yeah, it's really interesting that you've brought up today's world. And I think, you know, even over the last five years, there's been this huge change in how young people Mm -hmm. interact with one another. Mm -hmm. And now we're, you know, a lot of social life is happening via screens, and via social media, which mm-hmm. is tweaked and edited and filtered and thought about and hosted and judged. And drama just brings us back to what it means to be human, which is just interacting on an intuitive level. Mm-hmm. And 
on an emotional level and without thinking, without holding back and just talking straight from your heart to mm. one another. Yes. So I think it's more important than it's ever been drama. And it's so, oh goodness, like, I mean, some of the groups I work with now, it's break time and I'm sure everybody knows it and, and they're on their phones together and you're like, what? What happened <laughs> to like real communication? Yeah. So dramas are training to get people communicating in a human and real way again. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I I used one uh with the the cohort that I have right now we're kind of on break right now and and so we'll have new classes but toward the end of the um the semester um and I the particular one that I used was uh I found this right so mm -hmm. um and one of the things I love about it is uh, uh just for listeners um Sam has broken it into, you know, what the age group is, how many students, how much time it will take, um, but also materials needed. And almost all of these are minimal materials. And so teachers who are like, I don't have materials. I don't have time. I, I need something quick. This, this fits into it. Um, and what I loved about it is, you know, for this, we did two versions. One was uh, in breakout rooms, right? So they're doing this in in groups of four. And then we did this as a whole class level. And um, even despite the challenge of Zoom, and we're on Zoom right now, you know, this can be a challenge, it can be a lag. Um, I love the spontaneous creativity, the laughter that came from, you know, I found, and you bring up this, this idea of like, you know, I found a dragon's egg. And then you, you show this like, like type of conversation that would come from it. And, um, I will say the items that they found were so uh, were so random, were so fun, um, and that you know having them hold up their imaginary items and, and things like that, uh, and it was so practical because, again, I'm not trained in teaching drama, but I could implement this because you gave very specific directions on this is how it goes, right, um, and so. I shared the, I found this. I'm curious if you would, uh, off the top of your head, share what's one of your favorites to have teachers who are not drama teachers use with their with their students? Oh, um, one of my favorites. I mean, the classical improvisation game that I think every improvisation teacher ever will start a class with. And it's so easy and everybody can do it. And it's called Yes, Let's. Mm. And you you can either sit at your desk, stand in a circle, find a space in the room, do it on Zoom, doesn't matter. And it's good for the teacher to start with the first four or five ideas so that everybody gets an idea of the game. And the teacher will just say something like, let's all bake a cake. Mm -hmm. And then the whole group respond with, yes, let's all together. And mm. everybody pretends to bake a cake. You give it like 10 seconds and then the teacher will say something else like let's all pretend to be a gorilla and then everybody <laughs> will pretend to be a gorilla and then you can say something else let's all cast a spell and then everybody would cast a spell and then you can throw it out to the group um, and you can say does anybody have any ideas normally I say put your hand up so that we don't have loads of people shouting um, and then the class will put their hand up and you pick somebody 
and then that person will give their idea let's all pretend to be a frog for example and then everybody pretends to be a frog and then you can go round and hopefully lots of people will contribute an idea it's so simple but it gets to the very heart of what improvisation is is that mm-hmm. we say yes let's. Mm-hmm. we don't block in improvisation we go with an idea and for a student that normally might not speak in front of a group if they say let's all pretend to be a cat and then everybody shouts back yes let's and does what they've said that can be quite empowering for them mm-hmm. um i mean before you do this you do need to create the safe space and I mean dependent on your group you might need to say something like no violent ideas and no physical touch is normally one of my rules um because with drama you know people can suddenly get quite overexcitable (laughs) so it's important just before you start no physical touch no violence nothing inappropriate please and everyone will understand and know that you will occasionally get the odd person who will will try an inappropriate idea and you just go oh, no no thanks to that one but apart from that it's very much a you don't block and you go with go with it I love it and one of the things that um you brought up over and over again is this notion of creating a safe space and so often when we think about um safe space there's this kind of cultural misperception i i see it in the u.s of safe space being sort of like coddling children or it's like you know uh, just letting them not do things or it's allowing them to be fragile but really what you're talking about in a safe space is we're going to create this psychological safety so that you break out of your shell right it's going to be safe enough that you feel like you can take risks and i think that that's one of the beautiful aspects of the safe space you're describing is it's setting students up for it's creating safe safety so that they can be courageous. And I think that's one of the beautiful aspects of, of drama. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about drama is it's the students that create that safe space. Mm. So I mean, the teacher does, but the students will help each other get there. And I'll often encourage students to say nice things about each other or to help each other out. And often you'll break out into small groups. So quite often for exercises in this book, I'll say split the class into groups of three, four, five Mm -hmm. students per group. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go off for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and they're going to work on something together. Mm -hmm. And when these small groups work together in a team, the connections they make you know so one of the activities in the book is to make a commercial we call it an advert in the UK I think yeah but to to make like an advert and it might be like and I'll say to them it can be anything like and often an advert you give a problem and then you solve the problem by buying the product Mm. so like a shampoo for example and the group will work together and they might be like, is your hair dull and dry? Well, you need this shiny shampoo. And they work together for five or 10 minutes to create this commercial. And you see when they're working together, they're laughing and they're saying, oh, okay, you hold the shampoo. I'll be the narrator. Like, oh, and they, and you, and then they get in front of the class and they'll do the activity they'll you know show the commercial to the class and I'll encourage the class to give them a big round of applause and all the rest of it and 
it's yeah it's the students that create a sp safe space for one another as well mm -hmm. yeah which is beautiful absolutely so if people are interested in getting started with this um where are some places that they can go what are some things that they could check out um where can they find your book like just uh let people know where some first steps might be yeah just uh, amazon uh -huh. if you go into amazon and type acting games for improv you'll find it and it will come up um it was also important to me to make it quite a low price um mm. i really wanted it to be accessible mm. um to teachers and i really wanted to see it in classrooms so mm -hmm. it's um comparatively to other books like this on the market it is quite a low price yeah I noticed that I, I I thought that was great yeah all right well thank you so much for um being so generous with your time and talking through these ideas and um if you're listening listener whoever you are um thank you so much for um listening and I hope that you uh enjoyed uh, hearing what Sam had to share. And Sam, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you so much, John. I had a lovely time talking to you. Thank you. Me too. All right. So there you have it. That was Sam Marston talking about improv exercises and how we can use these within our daily practice as educators. And I've actually used some of these um, activities in my college courses. Um, I'll tell you what, if you enjoy this podcast, if you find this to be helpful, would you do me a huge favor? Would you leave a review in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast? Would you also consider clicking the little subscribe button wherever it is on your podcast app and tell a friend about it? That's still one of the best ways for people to find out about this podcast. So again, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and go out and make something awesome.